Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. Hey, so you might have missed it, but I was on Facebook Live recently having a really good chat. And in the interests of, you know, look, let's face it, I'm a solo parent of three children during this crazy time in our lives. And I just figure if you've missed what I've said on Facebook Live, let's pop it on the podcast so you can listen to it in your ears while you're walking escaping from your children, having a little bit of you time, whatever it is. Um, I am here doing my best to keep bringing you interesting and inspiring content uh, while also managing, well, I don't know if you can hear all the noise in the background. So um, enjoy this replay of a recent Facebook Live. See you soon. Welcome, Flair Chambers. It's nice to have a conversation with you. Thanks, Lisa. It's lovely to be here. Everyone here as part of this community is going to really love you and also what you've created because um, for me, I had a story for a long time that I just, I couldn't meditate. I'm not a meditator, blah, 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 blah. Um, I've got no time to meditate. There's no quiet in my day. Rah, rah, rah. Um, I, and, and I still think that that like sitting in silence thing and coming back to the breath and having a mantra or something like that. That's, I'm not there yet in my meditation practice. I need guided meditations, which is what you're so good at. Um, I mean, there's, there's been tears along the way listening to your meditations. Um, but, uh, what I love is that, um, you're the mum of three boys, Mm -hmm. (laughs) quite close in age, like no joke. Yeah. Um, you did that well. And boys have their own unique energy. And uh, you, like, I mean, you've been on the path of this stuff for a while, but could you just share with everyone a little bit about, I guess, the role that meditation or mindfulness, whatever you sort of call it, has, has played for you? And I especially resonate with the part of your story that's like, um, finding the moments, finding the moments, finding the moments, because we've all got our own version of, of the chaos, the crazy, the, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I love what you talk about in terms of the moments. So, um, I'll tell you a little bit about what my meditation practice looked like today. It was ambitious to start with because I decided I'd do it at 4.30 p.m when I knew the kids were hungry and that they'd potentially been on the iPads too long already. But I lay down and I got about three minutes in and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I've got a hot water bottle. This is what I need. And the door opened and the first one came in. I said, mum, I'm hungry. And I said, oh, buddy, I'm meditating. Can you just grab a banana or some chips? I want you to make me something. Okay, 20 minutes. I'll do it in 20 minutes. They shut the door and I lay back down. I'm like, oh, I'm filled with a bit of rage that that happened. So I just sat with the rage 
It's like, oh, unlike me, this is a bit of big emotion. Sit with it. That's okay. Get back into my guided meditation. Door opens a second time. It's another son. Mum, I'm hungry. Can I have something to eat? And I'm like, couldn't you have spoken to your brother down the hall? Like, I'm not open for business, dude. Um, and But I was really sort of calm with that one. So it shut the door, go back to my meditation. I was like, oh, I felt surprisingly calm then. And then get back into it. I'm breathing. I've got all the light going on, the warmth and the fuzzies. And then um, third child comes in and goes, Mom, I lost a tooth. And I was just like, buddy, you lost a tooth. And I just laughed. So this is what meditation looks like with three boys in a busy life. So the first thing you do is you let go of any expectations that it's going to be this amazing moment of zen where your mind gets totally quiet and you're uninterrupted if you have those expectations you will one be disappointed and two you'll never do it so lower your expectations and meditation really is just about being with yourself where you are so in that meditation I didn't get to any place of zen but I met three parts of me I met myself that was pretty grumpy about not getting any time for myself. I met myself who saw some humour in how ridiculous the whole thing was and I met myself who was actually quite patient and every time I came back, I came back to my practice. So it's not about reaching this point, it's just about meeting yourself where you are and hopefully there's moments where you meet the part of you that is more wise more kind, more aware, and the more you meet that part of yourself in meditation, the easier it is to connect with her in the day-to-day realities. So if you practice that in meditation, it just comes more naturally in life. So then in life, it's easier to know what your emotions are doing. In life, it's easier to take a breath before you get cross with your kids. In life, it's easy to feel gratitude because you've already practiced it. So Meditation and life are are mutually reinforcing. You meditate not as a separate thing but as something to allow you to live a richer, more beautiful life and then life informs meditation, meditation informs life. But the first thing we need to do is let go of the expectations. I, I, lo- I love that. I love two things about that. And the first one is the surrendering. And, you know, there's so many women who are like, well, if I can't do this properly, what's the point? Like, you know, there's that perfectionist thing or like this isn't working for me, like as though there should be some sort of outcome that appears and everything is then forever after, after your first meditation. And the other one is the way that you use the word practice all the time. Um, and, and I think I've found that for myself is that, you know, just because something doesn't come naturally or something feels a little bit hard, like I say to my kids, well, if you want to get better at something, what do you have to do? And they're like, practice, practice, practice. (laughs) Yeah. And yet we don't give ourselves that same, like, you actually got to put in the work here. Like you've got to try again and try again and try again. But I, do, I think to do that, there has to be um, some sort of m- motivation, some sort of reason why we would. 
And I'd love to know from you, you know, the meditation informs life, life informs meditation, but what kind of tangible um, benefits do you experience now that you have built a meditation practice and you're, you're so, you, you're, you're so into it. Like this is so your thing that now you're helping. I mean, literally what over half a million people have (laughs) downloaded your meditations on insight timer. Like this is what you do. This is what you're passionate about. Why should we meditate? What, what will we get? I think the hugest thing is liking yourself. No one wants to say it, but Mm -hmm. I actually think most of us will get to our deathbed and go, shit, I wish I liked myself more and now it's too late. And I know that sounds catastrophic, but if everyone just pauses a moment, do you actually like yourself? Are you actually in your own corner? Probably not. 80% of the time. And so that is by far the most powerful thing meditation has given me. I don't get it right all the time. I still lose my cool with my kids. I've still got a little bit of, you know, the big emotions like guilt and shame and all of that, but there's a real sense of friendliness towards myself. I don't grate up against myself like, you know, steel wool like I used to. And and there's a real just sense of softness, like I wish myself well. I wish for myself to feel at ease, to feel at peace, to enjoy life. I'm in my own corner. And when you do that, there's just the benefits are endless. You forgive yourself when you make mistakes. You're less hard on yourself, you know, when you don't act in a way that is in line with who you are. You're more open and interested in other people. Um, yeah, so just just this sense of actually being on your own side is really powerful. And, you know, in all of the work that I've done, in all of the people that you speak to, I would say that this um, lack of... Um, well, I, I feel like there's a there's this point at which we can we can see the benefits of for other people, and we will go out of our way to make sure that everyone else is feeling cool, calm, and collected. We can see, and, and we invest our time and energy in other people's well being. And for me, what I've found is doing meditation, or you know, I've been doing your um, your ten day thing with the um, happy habit app. That is like the quickest, easiest, most enjoyable and stress-free way for me to gift something to myself, um, without agenda. Um, and without it having to, to be for everyone else, it's just like this five minutes each day for myself. Um, and I don't think that we're particularly good, especially as women, of claiming that um, and and taking it, like just being able to go, actually, I really need this as part of my routine. So like you today, like go away now. I'm having my moment. And I don't know, I, I just feel like we need to flex that muscle, that it's almost a practice to gift things to ourselves for no reason at all except it feels good. And, and to sit with how uncomfortable that may feel. So you first 
couple of meditations might be you thinking, oh, I really feel guilty that the kids are on the iPads. Gosh, I should actually be cooking chocolate chip cookies or folding the washing. And so instead of trying to make that disappear, pushing that under the meditation cushion, you know, you're like, okay, I'm sitting with this feeling of being uncomfortable. And when I sit with it, it'll loosen its grip, it'll get a little less powerful, and then it'll go. But so you meet whatever's there. And I think what happens for a lot of people when they start meditating is they've got this idea that they're going to reach some place of Zen. (laughs) So then they're hard on themselves. And then there's also a feeling of either boredness or is this as good as life gets? I'm sitting here, I'm with myself, and actually it doesn't feel that great. And so that is a direct response to all the messages society is telling us, to be more productive, to acquire more, to achieve more, to have more successful kids. So when we sit down, it feels uncomfortable. It's a no-brainer. There's no avoiding that. It feels uncomfortable because we're swimming against a tide. I mean, have you ever tried to sit down and just have a cup of tea without wiping down the bench or scrolling through social media? It feels uncomfortable, doesn't it? You're like, oh, I should be wiping down the bench or I could be getting on top of something or I could be multitasking. So you've got to sit with that little bit of uncomfortableness, just like when you first go to the gym. You know, your muscles hurt. You're not ready for it. So if you are wanting to develop a practice, just allow yourself a bit of grace for the first week or so and just be curious about whatever comes up. Yeah, I love that so much. And what I've found with myself is, um, I mean, I'm your classic distractor. Like I don't want to sit in the stuff. I really, can we just, I'm sure there's something I can do for someone else. I'm sure that, um, there's something that needs to be done for work. I can put some, a podcast in my ear and listen to that. Like just be like, just keeping it busy, keeping it, you know, doing the distraction. And as I have had, as I've lent into this practice of just, it's like I, I called it the void at the start and I hated, I didn't want to be in the void. I don't want to be in nothingness. I, I want, I want something. <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of scary and uh, like to just literally like not even be listening to a meditation, but just like being quiet with myself um, was so foreign. And I was scared of going there because I, I was scared of what I would find, which is a lot of what I hear from, from my community like the ready for change community and all that sort of stuff like I don't know if I want to know what it is that's lurking under the surface it's kind of safe up here but what I've discovered and and probably only in the last like uh, I described it um in the live the change group as uh as feeling like a theme park like that inner world is suddenly kind of really exciting and there's different rides to go on and some of it does feel scary and a bit out of control and like I don't know where this is going. But I'm now finding myself, like what I'm meeting there is actually um, multi-layered and, um, you know, like just this, there's just, there's just more and more and more to find. And, and I'm finding myself 
quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the most interesting person I know. (laughs) I would never bore people with the details of it. God, it's boring as listening to people talk about their dreams. But for me, it's incredibly interesting. And that's why I've got these three non-negotiables of when you meditate. Right. You'll be curious. No point learning about yourself if you're not going to be curious. You've got to be compassionate because when you uncover things about yourself like my rage or the fact that sometimes I'd like to be a mean girl or I feel like judging that person, well, be compassionate to all the parts of yourself that you meet. And then the third one is have a sense of humour. Like all the famous meditation teachers, all the yogis, they're laughing all the time. Like let's not take ourselves too seriously. Um, But what I wanted to talk about when you mentioned sort of this void and sitting in the nothingness, the meditations that I teach actually have this focus around cultivating something. So they are actually quite good for busy people that aren't used to doing nothing. So, and I'm a little bit like that too. I do like to achieve something in my meditation. So I've got these 10 pathways to happiness and the idea is that they're neural pathways that you strengthen and they're pathways that you walk in daily life. And so with any meditation that you try on my app or with any meditation that I write, you will always build something. So it's some, it could be calm, it could be awareness, it could be gratitude, compassion, confidence. Now these just sound like words when I list them off, but we engage in full practices where you breathe into this felt sensation of like confidence or gratitude and when you do that you're flexing your happy muscles and then it's easier to have those in life so my style of meditation is very appealing for people that just don't want to sit in the abyss it's that and you know people get out of it and they're like oh I feel like I almost just achieved something I my muscles of curiosity or I did awareness yeah and I love the the awareness one is where I started and um and so for people who don't people who like what she talking about pathways so Fleur has gone and created because she's so super famous on the insight timer app um she (laughs) while we were having some well it was peanut butter toast which is funny because I just read a post about Vegemite on toast below this live um I was like you should really just like create your own app and Flo's like great idea so just went ahead and did that over the last however many what nine months ten months something like that Mm mental and so has launched this into the world you can go to the app store right now and just search for the happy habit app and you can get started um and 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 you get it's sort of like a choose your own adventure in lots of ways which I like because I like to you know it's that little bit of like oh what what do I want to explore so I have agency I have some ownership over you know, this thing that I'm on and the reason, and so I, you get to set the time. It's genius. You get to set the time that these come through and they're like four to five minutes. So totally achievable. Mine come at six 30 because I'm like, I can do this before the kids even wake up. And I've, I've basically won the day. Um, I mean, what, do, what's there for me to do now? Winning. I've, yeah, winning. I've, just, I've meditated 
and no one's even awake. And I like yours. I like, you know, there was a part of me at the start, I'm like, oh, but this is so flair. Like I know <laughs> our kids go to the same primary school. <laughs> your ears, girl. <laughs> I'll see you at school, drop off and be like, hey, what's up? I was listening to you this morning. Um, and But I I like that it's like I'm not left on my own, that there's something that does happen. There's something that my attention is brought to. There's something that's there for me. So as I'm then getting up and having my shower or doing whatever, I can just reflect on it. And once again, winning because my mind isn't racing to all of the things that need to get done or whatever. It's just like, you know, how, how meaningful can I make this moment? And I personally love that they're all different pathways to happiness because I talk about happiness quite a lot and how seeking happiness saved me during some really hard times. It just got me to be thinking like about what I need or what I like doing or what actually makes me feel good when there was a lot of chaos around me. And I wonder if you get that same sort of pushback sometimes because you're basically like, I'll show you, like this is the way to feel happy. What led you to maybe these pathways or even just knowing that happiness is possible no matter your circumstances, like no matter what's going on around you? Well, there's a the scientific component to it. So those pathways are based on the science of happiness. So the idea is that happiness is not a destination we arrive at when we can fit into our genes, when we've paid off the credit card or when people listen to us more. You know, happiness is this idea of having a toolbox that you can draw upon every day to make the good times feel better and bigger and bolder and more beautiful and to make the setbacks feel less stressful and so you can feel more buoyant. So there's the double component. It makes the good times great and it makes the setbacks less stressful. And so these 10 pathways are backed by science. They are um, personally experienced by me and what I have noticed out there in the community. So, um, you know, you know as well as I do, we're in our 40s, life hasn't turned out for us all how we thought it would. Um, but there are people out there who on the outside you would imagine should be quite unhappy, but they're not. And then there are people that look like they've got everything, but actually they're not happy. So what is it that makes people happy on the inside? And it's a collection of these 10 um, inner resources or pathways. And what I loved about being really intentional about these on the app is it's curious because people, when they realise that happiness doesn't happen at this point in the future, they get curious about, okay, well, if it is inside me, actually, I don't know what makes me happy. So they sit with that and they feel a bit weird and vacant and superficial because they don't know what makes them happy. But they don't want anyone telling them either because they're like, hang on, this is my happiness. Like I'm in the driver's seat here. I may not know what makes me happy, but don't you tell me. So I gave them 10 pathways. They're just suggestions. You should pick and choose your own adventure. And so what I'm hoping with the app is that people will wake up or they'll get to the mid-afternoon or the evening and they'll go, 
what do I need to move my happiness dial? And they will know. So you're, you're taking charge of your own happiness when everyone else around you is trying to trying to tell you what makes you happy. I mean, how good would it be if we raised a generation and if we became a generation of people that knew what made us happy, that didn't judge other people for having a different set of pathways Mm. and that felt confident enough to go out and seek these moments in everyday life. So if you need a bit of gratitude because you're all up in your head, go out and get a moment of gratitude. It only needs to take a few, um, you know, a few minutes. So this idea of having a mindful moment to sort of bring one of these things to life, we're so often distracted that there's a moment of gratitude there for us or a moment where we can feel compassion. But they just slide right off. We just don't even mm-hmm. notice them. So you've got to be in the moment. You've got to linger. You've got to let it land for like longer than than you naturally would. If you have a laugh with your kid and you're connecting, laugh a bit longer, hug a bit harder, touch the hair a bit more, notice the little eyelashes. If you hear a bird, put down the shopping, put down the phone and listen to the bird. So it's about Strengthening the pathways in meditation and then being open to them in everyday life. And then when you notice them, make them bigger and bolder and more beautiful. That's been a big part of your teachings that I've taken on is the letting things land. Um, Don't be so fast to, um, you know, move past these, these beautiful little moments. And I do think that that's what this lockdown time has given so many of us for sure has been like, oh my God, I'm going to drink up how good this feels. And I'm really going to notice it. And I'm really going to feel how good it is to be outside wind in hair or something like that. Even like this is how good is it to get in my car and drive anywhere? Like, weird stuff but um but you've always said like I've always remembered you saying that just just let it land and um and then you really get the gifts so can we just um take a moment and you just maybe share with everyone a little piece of your um meditation genius um like it doesn't have to be too long and, you know, caveat, like if you end up listening to this on the podcast and you're driving, don't close your eyes. Um, don't, don't come, like just either pull over or wait till you get home. We don't want any accidents. Don't follow the instructions word for word. Let's use our, let's use our, you know, sensibility. Uh, so can you just guide us in a nice little meditation flip? That would be lovely. Let's. The beautiful thing about letting moments land is your brain doesn't distinguish between past experience, present experience, and future or imagined. So um, we can bring to mind a moment from the past and make it bigger and bolder, and your brain will be happy just like it's happened right now. So we'll do that together. So if you like, you can close down your eyes. 
and just beginning to focus on your breath. Maybe you never think about your breath. Maybe you're in a habit of holding your breath as you move through your days. And so here in this moment, we're just going to notice the inhale and the exhale. Notice also the rise and fall of your chest. And the steady movement of your belly as the air flows in and out. Maybe this feels easy. Maybe it feels hard. But just being with your breath. Noticing that when you're with your breath, you're in the present moment and you're in your body. And inviting you now to bring to mind a time during lockdown where you felt happy. This moment doesn't need to be fancy or grand. Maybe you had a chat with a friend and had a laugh. Maybe you played a board game with your kids. And let's bring the details to mind. Was it day or night? Were you inside or outside? Who else was there? What was it about this moment that you enjoyed? Really bringing the details to mind. Remembering conversations, body language, taking a deep breath into this memory, almost like you're planting it as a seed in your heart. Offering this memory a smile and just getting curious about what this moment meant to you. Perhaps this moment has a message for you.
perhaps this moment has shined a light on your values or what's important to you. And now imagining yourself having more of these moments after lockdown ends. Imagine yourself slowing down, handing over your attention and intention to these small moments. As you create this image in your mind of these moments in the future, you're sending a message to the universe that you are ready. Ready to have more small moments of happiness. Ready to let these moments land. Ready to realise how precious life is. Rubbing your hands together, feeling your own warmth and placing them somewhere on your body that feels good for you. And open your eyes. Done. Done. Our work is done. <laughs> I mean, I've got nothing more to say. I'm in the moment. Oh, it was so clear for me what my moment was. You're so good at what you do, Fleur. You just made that made that up. Just like bang out a bang out a meditation. Um, Would you like to know how far I've come? Yes. I was thinking about a part of me that you don't know about. A part, yes, I know. I was thinking how maybe the peanut butter sandwiches, the peanut butter toast has like a, a real significance for me. So as Lisa suggested, it was her with a mouthful of peanut butter toast that said to me, hey, why don't you develop your own app? But I've had a peanut butter sandwich moment before, which I was just thinking about. So when I had three small children, the cracks were starting to appear and I really, I was responding to the fear with this absolute sense of busyness. I was one step ahead. I had three kids under three. I was making the nappy bags, everything was prepared. My thoughts were always in the future. People were telling me I was doing such a great job. I was managing, I'd lost weight, my boobs looked great. So I was like on this adrenaline high and then I crashed and burned off that and noticed really that three things were going on for me and this is the real breaking point for me before I turned to mindfulness. One was that my thoughts were just always in the future. I was always planning, strategizing, worrying, and that was making fear really, really big, mainly fear around my children's safety. Mm. Second thing was going on was that I felt deeply lonely, even though I was never alone. Mm -hmm. And the third thing was I just had this empathy 
that was just off the charts. People would tell me stories and I would just sob like they were my own. I was so porous. And so they were the three things that really were the signposts that I had hit rock bottom and that I needed to do something. And it was like on one day the universe sent me this message and I had the three kids We'd just done swimming lessons. Now, any of you parents will know that getting three water nappies on, potentially <laughs> an aqua nugget as well, um, getting them all dressed again afterwards, like change tables, everything, get them back into the car, have to, like, get my hand down the car seat because they're all together. And I realise someone's parked me in and they've just parked me in at the swimming pool. An hour and a half I wait for this lady to come out. I'm just beside myself at this stage. (laughs) She comes out. She'd been at the gym next to the pool. And I said, excuse me, um, you've been an hour and a half and you parked me in. I couldn't get out. And she just looked at me. And so in this moment, I just opened the back of my car, looked in, and all I could see was my children's kindy lunch bag. So I opened it up and there was a peanut butter sandwich in there, cut in tiny quarters, and I just opened it up and smeared it on her car as she was looking at me. But the sandwich was so small because it was cut in in, in quarters that it didn't even hardly make a smear. So I was just so disappointed. I had another one and then I had a moment where I realised potentially gone too far and she just looked at me looked at me like I was the crazy woman that potentially I was and she hopped in her car and drove off what yep so that was the end of the peanut butter story and then I calmed myself down and I went to the park and this man must have sensed my vulnerability and unhingedness and he told me a story about his greatest fear for his child that had a disability, that when he died that no one was going to be able to take care of him. And I just felt this story like I had been hit by a tsunami and I was crying to my mum on the phone and this is the time when she said to me, I can still hear it, Dal, you need to practise mindfulness so you're more grounded for your children and for yourself. And that was my moment. And the reason I share that story is because people might be listening to this podcast and thinking that I was always mindful or that I never lost my cool or that um, it was an easy transition for me. It wasn't. Like I had the moment where my I had the peanut butter sandwich moment and now whenever I write Instagram posts about peace, love and whatever, my good friends write back, yeah, peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> They've never let me live it down. <laughs> so. oh, I will never forget this story. I, I have an image of you now with little triangles, little squares of peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> Some bitch's car that's just, I can feel rage about that. I can feel rage. And also that she gave you nothing. I'm feeling feeling all the feels. Yeah. You can't be going cold. No. 
no, don't like be angry back or something. Do something. Don't give me nothing. And so now, wow, that is a beautiful story of how far you have come. But also, like the beauty of a mum, just like it's time. You need to go there now. Things have gotten to the point where for the kids and for you, um, we need to do this. What a beautiful woman. And here you are now, the creator of a, you know, app on the app store that's teaching people how to find happiness in everyday moments. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful story, Fleur. So the invitation really for everyone is to like know when you've reached that spot because <laughs> and to draw a line in the sand. Like the peanut butter sandwich was so extreme. I think I had no choice. But, you know, what is your peanut butter equivalent that you're potentially ignoring? Like is it your perfectionist tendencies? Is it the fact that you won't allow yourself to sit down until you've tidied your house? Is it that you always put everyone else's needs before your own? Um, You know, what is it that's a sign for you that it's time to take care of yourself? I love it. That gives everyone a beautiful thing to work on, do, you know, because <laughs> that's the kind of people that we are. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's so important and I also think that for people who have been meditating for a while or do have a mindfulness practice that, um, that your app also will just take them further in their practice. There's always just more, more, more um, that we can uncover, that we can explore within ourselves and I I truly you know in my core believe that the biggest gift that we can give everyone around us you know instead of focusing on you know what they need all the time it's about what we need and us feeling the best that we can feel is the best gift um, the best thing that we can do for the people that we love so um, I love that now I've got the happy habit app as another little tool in my toolbox. I think everyone should go and download it um, from the app store. And I just wanted to say some people um, uh, that Davina said she had a lovely image of her cycling with her sons and laughing and racing. And um, mine was being outside too. So I really felt the wind on my wind on my face and all that beautiful stuff. Fleur, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for sharing yourself with us. I'll be seeing you in a park somewhere soon, hopefully, just blowing you a kiss, but being being closer than this to you, which will be really, really nice. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure to connect with you tonight. Oh, you're the best. Just everyone jump on the Fleur train, leave in the station. I'll speak to you soon. Okay, bye. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode. 